what is the worst case scenario? Sometimes I talk to my clients sometimes too. It's like, well, this, this, and we calm down. I say, you know, if a client buys a house first and this happens a lot of times. And I say, and she's getting like right now, she's getting a little worried. And I said, what's the worst case scenario? Say we don't sell the property. Are you okay with that? Can you hold on to this property for some time? She's like, well, yeah, I'm like that's your worst case scenario. So we, we look at things in that way to alleviate some of the anxiety, right? Um, because it's getting the fear of not knowing that too. So it's just kind of talking about what's the worst that can happen. Welcome back, everybody. This is the DC Talks podcast. This is episode 35. I am your co-host, Agent Double Ono Sende. To my left is the main man, David Cinelli. DC, looking very fly in that shirt, man. Thanks, buddy. It's you, very... Uh, does anybody call you Agent Double O yet? I know You've you been asked, pushing it. You, so asked me, you asked me bare times, you know, but it can't... What episode is this we're doing? Do have a number? Episode uh, 35. And you've done 35 episodes and pushing this double O crap is anybody actually said hey there's agent double O yes you know actually besides your mom no my boys actually call me double O right who's your boys my boys from basketball back in the day that I used to hoop with so you force them to call you that no they otherwise you won't get them they won't get a pass when playing b-ball right no also <laughs> it's the fact that because I um I like James Bond I'm a big James Bond fan so double get out a huge James Bond fan do you like do you like Bond? No, you don't like Bond. I don't dislike him, but I don't like actively go out to watch the movies. It's not. But you see things. Okay, okay. So, so I've watched a number of the movies, obviously, but I'm like, when they can do the last ones came out, I wasn't like. You're not excited. Go, no, not at all. Do you have a favorite Bond? No. <laughs> yeah, well, Pierce Bronson probably was. Uh, Pierce say, Bronson was yeah. your favorite one. I, well, so that's the one I remember growing up, right? Um, there was like Roger Moore. There was yeah, uh, he's way like uh, yeah. Uh, there was. The uh, now you're making he just passed away too. <laughs> the hell's his name with the white hair? What the hell's his name? Uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. He's my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. he's the smoothest Bond ever. I can't believe we took us that long to remember Sean. Connery. I know, right? <laughs> God rest his soul, poor guy. We can't remember his name. You seen that one with the the one that character like the Bond girl's pussy galore? You remember that? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The shit they got, they got away with back then. Eh? I like, know, right? you know. Like it's. <laughs> and even like he was like on a talk show and they were asking him like, uh, do you beat women? And he was just like, yeah, if they deserve to. And, <laughs> and like, I was like, bro, bro, you know, we're in 2023. This isn't like 1975. Oh man. my God. Could you imagine? Could you, man, cancel. Like those bomb movies, if they came out today, you wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> no chance at all. But uh, DC, man, there's a lot we got to talk about today. Um, unexpected adversity, man. You know, it comes out of nowhere. It hits you. But we know what the term means. But what does it mean to you specifically when you hear unexpected adversity? Unexpected, just the whole un- unexpected. Yeah. So unexpected adversity is something um, blindsides you on a Tuesday night, three o'clock. You're watching the leaves. Watch and just something and comes, just, just comes up. Boom. And you have to act mm-hmm. now. Yeah, 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 and it happens more often than you think. Have you been hit with something like that before? Oh well, yeah, like like going through one right now in a deal. Oh yeah, what happened? So we had a tenant. We have a tenant. This is one of your houses. No, no, it's a. So I have a client that uh, she needs the money because she had to sell her condo here in Toronto. She lives in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. She's in a long term facility. Mm-hmm. 
She also had an AVM like I had, but she had it for a very long time. But AVM, you said? AVM. Remember my brain issue? Oh, yes. AVM, yes. So, yeah. Uh, abnormal venicular malformation, whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> my wife knows how to do it. The, the AVM. So, anyway, she had it for a long period of time, but it affected her brain. Yeah. So, now she's pretty much not incapacitated, but doesn't have a lot of memory. But she needs to be in a long-term facility. Mm-hmm. And uh, running out of cash, she needed the asset which she was renting out, had a tenant in there, have a property manager. I think the property manager didn't do enough due diligence for this tenant. Uh, and I think he's on a PR. You know, I don't know if he's a permanent resident or not. And his family's from Iraq. And um, long story short, too long, um, we, we got an offer. We gave him 60 days. He signed an N11 form. N11 for? So what an N11 is, it's a mutual agreement between the landlord and the tenant to dissolve the tenancy or the end of the tenancy at a certain date. So we had to give them the 60 days. Well, right before that day closes, we get a text message and saying, hey, my dad died in Iraq. You know, I can't move. I'm like, Okay. Well, how much time? He goes, well, I'm supposed to leave on the, this is supposed to be June 20-something, 21st, I think we're closed. And I said, well, how much time do you need? And he's like, well, I, you know, I need to go July 12th, I'm moving. I'm like, well, let me talk to the buyers and see what they can do. So out of the kindness of heart, we moved it to July 5th. So we said to him, sign another N11, another form, not being coerced. I'm like, we'll give you to July 4th. He's like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. So July 1st, obviously, is a long weekend. Mm-hmm. We need this thing to close on the 5th. Mm-hmm. I get an email from this guy and he's like, so talk about blindsiding. He's like, and everything's shut down at this point. It's on the side of the Monday. And he's like, I'm not moving. He says, email because, my, he because, because of all of the stress, my mother got sick and now she's staying with me and she was in the hospital and has this heart condition. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not moving. I'm like, dude, we're closing like tomorrow, <laughs> like in two days. So he's using the like mental yeah, health and everything. Yeah, I think he's using this as an excuse. And, and you know, you can't fight that. If someone says that, it's so hard to- So exactly. It. So we had to extend the closing by a month because yeah. we didn't want this. And then, like they extended by two weeks again, cost my clients a couple 500 bucks to get them out. And, mm-hmm. and then during that time, I had to file for an L3 mm-hmm. with the landlord tenant board. I'm giving technical terms because this is what happened. So- because we had an N11, we had that form, which we mutually agreed to end the tenancy. He basically has no way to stand on. The L3 sent to the court, to the landlord tenant board, to enforce it with an eviction. Mm-hmm. Of course, we didn't get, and if the two weeks extension, we got no word from landlord tenant board, takes forever. So on the 18th, we extended by a month. It cost my clients a shitload of money to extend. And again, she needs the money. I'm going back forth this guy. I'm like, you know, you're killing her. Like, if you don't let this happen, like, like she needs this bread. Yeah. And the buyers are also too. It's like the buyers had to move out of their current place. And now they're sitting there like have to do an Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> it's for a month. So he's just, he just doesn't care, mm-hmm. you know? Anyway, so it's still ongoing. So we got the L3. We got the eviction on the 18th. Of course he fights it. So now we have to wait for the court. So it's like, it's one thing after he's another. Dragging it's, this it's just dragging it on one thing after another. And so we keep, Every couple of days, I get blindsided with something new. So yeah. there's a lot of blindsiding happening there. And it's just like. These are like mini ad, mini adversities you got to get yeah. through every single day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real estate's always glamorous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just swinging deals and everything, making money. It's not yeah. even like that. Sure. It's yeah. really easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just, it, and it's frustrating. All sides are frustrated. And just because this one little punk. Mm-hmm. 
And we told him for three months. Making stress for you. Yeah. We told him three months ago, we'll get a new apartment. We'll help you. I said, well, Julia and I will help you. What's your number? The 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 property manager tried to help him. He was just lazy. Mm. So think about it. The problem wouldn't have been if he actually had an apartment. What he said is, oh, she came back from the hospital. So my mother's staying with me and she's stressed. So she's not moving. Mm. And I don't want her to pack up to be moving. Mm-hmm. But if he had found an apartment, which he was supposed to move out July 5th anyway, mm-hmm. he just would have moved her into the new apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%, man. He's just being like difficult for no so reason. I'm, I'm hoping we get a court date sooner than later. Yeah. And I'll let you know how and that what's, goes. And what's, what's your client doing now in the meantime? Stressing? She's stressing. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's is she like calling you every day? So I I mostly talk with her power of attorney, which is her sister. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I talk to her almost every other day. And she's in um, San Francisco. Okay, so you know she's paying top dollar there too right now. Mm. Yeah, that's like four grand a month minimum U.S. for rent. I don't know if she's renting. No, I don't know she owns the mother sister owns. She lives out there. She lives out there, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. mad expensive out in California. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, lots of adversity. Lots of adversity. What's been the biggest unexpected adversity you faced in your business career, uh, entrepreneurship? Because you worked in corporate, now you're a realtor, but mm-hmm. you've had a long tenure in each of those sides. What's yeah. the one thing that sticks out to you the most? When I would say corporate, going through seven bosses in a year is huge adversity. Every time you turned around, we had another boss. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So you you answered that basically we had our CFO and then we had like our manager. And so within the, the below the CFO, we had interchanging with somebody stay for a couple months and then go and they're switching roles. So every time somebody switched, your job would change mm-hmm. and then people would leave. And then I ended up taking on three jobs. And it was like, so that was a lot of adversity. Yeah. <laughs> like that was constant change. Uh, in real estate, well, last year with, Obviously, the brain surgery kind of put a little hold on things. Um, but I say, but probably the biggest change we've had, I guess, was the markets changing. Like, well, the first time we had it when 2016, 2017, when Kathleen Wynn came out with, you know, her 20-point plan in, in, in April. And just, the market just, boom. boom. That was, and that kind of went back up. But I still think the biggest one was COVID, the COVID shutdown. Mm. Nobody knew how long that was going to last and how it affected people. And it two weeks just, to find the curve and okay. came two years. Yeah. Yeah. Three years. Three still, years, pretty much. Still and a, the residue that you're facing from like those past three years, like you're yeah. still dealing with that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that I think we all went through that. But I took the advantage of during COVID, you know, like the adversity made my business stronger. Mm-hmm. So my time at the time, my uh, assistant, Katie, who's now she's a fantastic realtor um, in the East Coast. Uh, at the time she was my assistant, we revamped my business. Like we we put more of a schedule onto like the the, the videos we were talking back for once, called this, when we do this, then we revamped the website. Um, and then as then we also, Katie was transitioning to become the realtor. We found Elise, the, my assistant. So COVID was an opportunity for reinvention. Correct. Yes. Um, and I find that so funny. We talk to people that you know, people in our family that sat on their ass are still sitting on us three years later, still not learning. Like, dude, you could have learned so you much. So much. Like yeah. three, you had nothing else. To do. You had the internet. Sure. For the first month or so, and they drink your ass off. And then after that, I'm like, look at it, I'm like, God, this is my like, wrist stuck inside. You might as well do something might with your well, time. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Even uh, Alex and I, like we took advantage of that opportunity to build momentum with uh, hustle over everything. So we were like interviewing guests and people were at home. Are you right? really plugging your other pod show on my fucking pod show? <laughs> my podcast? I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. No, no, it's a great show. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great pod. It's a great pod. It's a great pod, right? So we use that momentum to 
get because all these oh, don't, don't, you know you, I love you, you know, bro, I love you. come on Sam. come on come on so we use that as an opportunity to you know to reach out to people because everyone's at home right so it just takes a zoom call to like fire it up get a conversation and you build a brand over that right so we actually found that like very uh, favorable for us to build momentum and you know we built our fan base like that and it just got us to where we are right now so mm-hmm. i totally agree with you uh i'm curious man this is something that's been on my mind if you were told David Chinelli, you can no longer practice real estate today, like just boom, you're not allowed. We're stripping your real estate license. Unexpected, how? Unexpected adversity. Yeah. How would you face that? How can, I, you, can I ask how and why? No. How would you approach the challenge of moving past that and starting sure. a new career, like the same way when you left? Hey, I, yeah. Um, well, remember Toronto. I was. Left is a weird, is a good word way of putting it. Yeah, I was kind of you know, let go, fight, let go, yeah, fight. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I could have gone back and been an, an analyst. Other, I had opportunities to go other places. I just didn't want to do that. Uh, well, the first thing I would do is sit back and say, okay, what can I do? Like, look at opportunities. I think, look at the skill set I've earned in this. And what am I lacking? What can I? What's the niche that I can work in? Right. Like, it's again, every adversity, this every failure has a life lesson in it. And why? So obviously, that's why I asked you, like, well, why would I lose my license? Is it because they're just, or is it something I did? Or is it just something like they're stripping, like, like they're saying, okay, we're changing to AI or something like that. And like, mm-hmm. okay, well, with every struggle, there's, there's an opportunity to grow. There's a huge opportunity to grow. Like if, if when I got let go from, from Hydro, if I just sat on my ass and said, what was me? And like, you know, I, you know, I could have been doing the same thing again. I could have got the same job. I didn't. I went if I went to learn from it. If I went and got another treasury job, yeah, that's not me, right? That's 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 not how I see things. So if I couldn't do the real estate anymore, I was like, there's a lot of things I could do. I think. What's one thing you'd I, try and do? Well, me and you would do a lot more podcasts. I'll tell you that. Yeah, like I would do that. I don't know. I would. Uh, I don't know if I could help people invest. I would help. You know, if I can motivate people somehow, write a book. Yeah. You thought about writing a book? Yeah, I've thought about writing a book. And like what topics have you thought about writing about? There's a whole bunch of things. Like, you know what? I was one of the topics I wanted to talk about is like what my MBA never taught me about making money or in the industry, what they never took. Because that's huge, right? I learned most of my stuff outside of the classroom Mm. stuff. I learned most of my most of my education I got, whether it's in life or whether from school of hard knocks. Yeah. 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 I learned all that outside of school. Um, so I think there's looking for opportunities, maybe Mm. like I don't know. I can even talk about all the the ghosts and stuff I've had as a kid and how that's affected my life and the transition from me going from, you know, as a Catholic and then hitting the new age and then all of a sudden become a Christian and mm-hmm. the difference left too. Like that's a cool journey and like that's that's a book I could write about or short stories or, you know, doing something with my kids and stuff what they would want to do and how I can advance their career. Definitely wouldn't work with my wife very often because <laughs> we would just be like butting heads. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of opportunities. I do this now because I love it. Mm-hmm. It's not because it's the only thing I know. Will I be doing this the rest of my life? Probably not. I'm always looking for new things. You know, like I think ultimately, if I could, maybe build the team out and then have the real estate kind of do like on the side, maybe like on the side. And I'm talking maybe 10, 15 years from now. Yeah. Because uh, it's still great as long as I love the thing. But if I can get the team doing like and running the DC team and doing that kind of stuff too, sure, that, that's something so I can open up opportunities. Mm-hmm. But right now, I still have the the love for the game, so yeah. it's it's hard to step away when you still like it. You can't dabble in anything else right now. Like you're just so locked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah. man um when it comes to unexpected adversity right there's karma right where if you believe in tit for tat you did something this is payback do you think karma plays a fact in whatever you get right now that's like your karmic force coming back to you no no i thought that way in the beginning uh, you know then you started to talk about the yin yang and all that kind of stuff because then you're opening up yourself to other teachings mm -hmm. i've also seen a lot of evil people make it far and they never got their coming ups mm -hmm. you know oh you're gonna get it one day they never, they never got, got it. it they never got it you got to remember we live in an evil world mm -hmm. right and then people don't understand that so your good will never outdo the evil so that's why i don't believe in karma i think that you do the right things you work your ass off you learn you fail learn fail that's if you consider that karma great mm -hmm. yes absolutely you're trying not to screw over people but yeah sometimes people screw over people and then they end up, end up dead mm -hmm. the mafia the, all that kind of stuff too like you've seen those kind of hits and that's why i say that karma is like mm -hmm. You can live your life with karma if it keeps you in check. But I think internally we need to have a moral code mm -hmm. that we live by. And that without God, you have to have your own moral code. If you don't believe in God, then then you become your own God because atheists basically, there's no such thing as an atheist mm -hmm. because without a supreme being, you become the supreme being. Therefore, you're monotheistic again because you're your own God. Then you have to set up your own set of moral code mm -hmm. because otherwise it'd just be chaos. Yeah. So karma, no moral code. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was going to, that's, that was leading out to my next point is God putting these unexpected adversities in front of you as a way of redirecting you to a new place, a new path. It could be, oh my God, like you lost your job. Now look at you. I feel like you found a new confidence that you never probably had before. This is just my opinion, but just 100%. knowing you from the past like year yeah. is like, there's a, there's a new confidence you have, and I can predict that it's probably bigger than you ever had playing hockey or in college. 100%. Uh, bigger confidence than you had growing up with your family and issues like that. And I look at you, and that, there might be a new confidence you might get like with helping people once you know your real estate career comes to an end and you're like you know what i really want to if it comes to an end if it comes to an end <laughs> this guy's trying to get me already <laughs> this guy with <laughs> my real estate career I'm like dude you trying to kill me you're like i love my real estate career I'm what are you to, doing i'm man? trying to take your spot bro <laughs> alex can you just replace this guy what's going on here <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. But yeah man i mean like that new confidence you have man, yeah it's 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 it's, it's growing. amazing to watch it's it's growing and it's like the more I learn and the more I dabble into um, Christianity and the Bible and learn about God, and, and if people are lost, I would say start there. And it's funny because it's like, it is something bigger than us. And so you realize too, like we really have no control in that kind of sense. Like God has a path set for you. He gives you choice mm -hmm. and to put, and he does, he takes people out of your life and you might suck at the time, like what's happening. But the purpose moving forward is like, holy shit, like God knew better than that, mm -hmm. right? So. I think the confidence comes in the fact that I'm tuning into his purpose. Maybe not, I will never, we'll never know his actual plan for us, but getting feeling the, getting the feel for that and saying, there's somebody else in control here mm -hmm. in a positive way, not yeah. like a demonic force forcing us to do something. That's not what we're saying. It's in a good way. So yeah. And it's like, it, you can unburden yourself with worrying about stuff to what's how it's going to happen. If you have trust in God, mm -hmm. I had this conversation with Matea 
my little one. Well, she's not that little. She's 11 now. And we were talking. I forget. We watch scary movies together a lot. Like me and like I'll see the girls. That's our kind of thing, right? It's funny how as a Christian watch scary movies. It happens. It's just one of our things. It's like a guilty pleasure, right? The thrill, the thrill is so good to watch, right? Like I, on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Never mind. I watched the movie Seven with my girls and my wife. So like, are you with them the other day? Because I was explaining about. We, so we were talking about. Um, I, I was introducing them to the Ten Commandments, which is God's law, and how we find because they didn't really read it before. Because again, we they're not in a, in a school which teaches religion mm-hmm. and i was like and i was I always stopped making a given movie so i watched the. you ever watch that movie frailty no 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 yeah that's a great it's a good movie um with uh, matthew mcconaughey and stuff it's like a lot of it like the god killer and all like anyway it was like it was kind of introduction they really liked it i'm like so we're talking about sin and all that kind of stuff too we were talking about the seven deadly sins and i'm like you gotta watch a movie seven now he's a little apprehensive there's really only one scene which is it's kind of it's graphic kind of, yeah, where yeah, yeah. you know the, the lust part but and that the movie was just like it's kind of mind screen like teaching them what like sin and everything right anyway so i had this conversation and we were talking about you're watching or there's that movie alive which i never watched but it was like where they're in order to survive they had to eat each other when the, the somebody passed away right so they they're about each other they're eating so the movie was based on i, I, was, I don't remember it was a soccer team or something else team but maybe that's where that that new tv show uh ladybugs or wherever it was uh Basically, there was a plane crash based on a true story. And these, uh, I think they're teenagers, boys at the time, they were starving. So instead of, they had no food to eat, and it was up in Alaska, and they believe, again, I'm paraphrasing. So in order to survive, they resorted to cannibalism of already the dead, their dead friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Matea asked, she's like, well, what if you had to? Like, wouldn't you do that? I said, no. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, God will provide. Yeah. I have the faith that God, the birds don't worry about like what they're going to eat their next meal. Like it says in the Bible, they don't worry, the fowl don't worry about it. You know, mm-hmm. like, why should I? Mm-hmm. And that's, you're not supposed to eat other humans. You're not supposed to drink blood. You're not supposed to eat the flesh of humans. So if God doesn't want me to do that, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's, you know, as you're talking about that, I just got super graphic and I'm like, imagining someone eating someone else. That's crazy, bro. Well, granted, I guess those guys were already dead and they're running, but I'm like, I, don't, I just don't know. I don't, I, unless God gives me a sign at that point. I think hopefully we never get that position. Man, never. You know, and, and if you look at the end of days, people, like, that's coming soon. So hopefully we don't have to resort to that. The rapture is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you um, maintain that sense of optimism and hope when you're hit with something unexpected coming your way? So, for example, right now your client is dealing with that. What are you telling her to? keep her even keel and everything. And also for you, when you went through your side of things, how did you maintain that sense of hope and optimism that things are going to be okay? Well, with my client, um, you know, I tried to talk to her and just say, so right now we're in the court system. It's like, there's not a lot we can do, you know, just, so I said like, listen, we have to sit and wait. This is where it's out of our hands at this point. So there's no point in stressing about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, how, like this client, I don't know her that, that well, because it was a referral from um from my cousin's boyfriend. Um, so I don't know. So I just reserve from like, I say, I tell her all the time, I'm just praying and we'll figure out that, that it'll figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was going through my own adversities too, like I guess last year too, like I had fallen away a little bit from like, uh, not fallen away from the faith at the same, but wasn't as entrenched in it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I was praying and stuff too, like usual, but kind of going through the motions a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then one well, kind of like, 
there's a point and after like the surgery just kind of like getting back and reading the bible and stuff too and it's like it's made a big difference in my life and outlook mm -hmm. my business yeah it changed and that's why i'm a proponent of it right it's even my TikTok now, like they recognize that I like watch a lot of God stuff on it too. Like my my Instagram, on the other hand, is pushing all of the demonic sex, the naked drugs. chicks, and kitty cats. cats. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Like I feel bad for my sister. And I'm like I've been trying to change my for you page. And yeah. you click on it. There's half naked girls. And I'm like I don't even look at this stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like I'm trying actively not to do that stuff. And it's they're throwing it at your face all the time. So then I go to like back to TikTok, and it's like talking about God and talking about flat earth and talking about all this kind of stuff. And it's like, it's cool, right? It's like, you get a Bible verse, I look it up a Bible verse, and it just makes me feel better. Better, yeah. I don't feel guilty. Like when I'm on Instagram, sitting beside my wife, I had like, like hide my phone because it's like- She's thinking you're like- But I'm not even searching for it. It's like, through it, I'm it's like- right there. And she's like, come on, Dave. I'm like, I'm not actually looking at this shit. And it's like popping up. And it's like, so so I actually, and I feel bad that Julia's over there. She can attest to it. Like yeah. when you pop up my phone, it like- it just boom right then and there. I got rid of like 3,000 followers that I was following and ha like all those ones too. I'm just like, you know, because somebody would like something that, you know, we're like, okay, fine. We'd, I would follow them back. Well, maybe some of those accounts would affecting it. And it was like, boom. But anyway, long story longer. Uh, <laughs> I try to get ready. So I try to stay away from the things that make me feel empty mm -hmm. inside. Hey, listen, we're still do things we're not supposed to sin, do all that kind of stuff, ask for forgiveness, all that. Uh, I still feel guilty of like, which is good. That tells your moral compass is in the right spot. But actively, if, you're, if your mindset is in the right spot, you look at the right thing, it helps you get over adversity much quicker. Mm. So why are people getting stressed and depressed? Anxiety and depression, where does that come from? Uh, part of it can be self-inflicted or the pressures they face from external stuff. What is depression? It's a great question, DC. What is depression? What do people mostly worry about? Let me ask the wrong question. A lot of it has to do with the things in the past. Mm. Worry about who you are, what you've done. Right? Yeah. What's anxiety? Fear of the future. Instead of living in the moment, the days right now, and like, like, and if you can put those worries away and just kind of live and be present and be with your family. I'm not saying you, I'm not saying depression is not an actual thing. It's it's obviously it's there's a lot of things, it's but clinical. but if something has happened in your past, it makes you depressed, right? Anxiety, things to worry about in the future. This is like from what I like when I was feeling depressed, I did something in the past, and it was like, what are people going to think about me? What am I going to do? What the, and then I start then I start worrying about well, how's this going to affect my future, and then I started getting anxiety. So a lot of it was like worrying about what I had done. What's going to happen in the future? Like, and it was just, it would some days will cripple me. Mm -hmm. I remember being um, going to play hockey, and I was just kind of like, I, I can only go play hockey to get my mind out of things. And then even during the practice and stuff in the university, playing, and it wouldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it, and I sucked. It was just those these days, just because your mind won't allow your body to react, mm -hmm. and there's no escape of your mind because you're in there like. Like, and that's why I was saying last one, sometimes people putting drugs in their body and it kind of can help alleviate that for a short period of time, but that's not a long-term solution, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, like it's, you have to deal with it head on and like, and not worry, let somebody else worry. Let, if that's why, that's why I think for me, like why the religion helped, sorry, spiritual God, Christianity, why that's helped. 
because God kept saying to us is like, let me take this burden. Why are you worrying about it? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's not saying that we don't always worry about it and I don't get stressed and stuff too. That's not what I'm saying, but it's not crippling me for days on end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you maintain that balance of accepting the reality of the situation when it hits you and also understanding that I got to move forward eventually? Because some people dwell in that feeling and it usurps their entire body. Yeah. You get analysis paralysis. You can't think anymore. You're thinking about X, Y, and Z. So how do you balance both? Like, okay, this is a situation and I got to move on. And this is specifically for those people who don't have the mental strength to move on. Mm-hmm. Right? They've ne- they don't have the fortitude like you do, but it just hits them out of nowhere. And they've never faced anything like this. So how do you advise them to keep that balance of both? It'll actively overcome it. This too shall pass. <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing. You can't sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, it's hard for me to say to you, oh, don't worry about this. Right. It's like you ever fight with your girlfriend and shouldn't you tell her to relax? <laughs> the total opposite is going to happen. Opening a can of worms exactly, right there. Exactly, right? Like it just, it's not going to happen, right? But if people truly want to know, like, you don't get a lot of people asking me questions like, how do you do this? And I do have, sometimes we do with my cousins, we talk about that. And I said, I'm like, you got to step yourself, like, look at the worst case scenarios, kind of like that. And like, look at it logically. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, if this happens, what's going to happen? Like kind of try to, we try to teach it like, like giving it like a path, like a, and, and take away the, the feeling out of it and saying, okay, what is the worst case scenario? Sometimes I talk to my clients sometimes too. It's like, well, this is and we calm down. I say, you know, a client buys a house first and this happens a lot of times. And I say, and she's getting like right now, she's getting a little worried. And I said, what's the worst case scenario? Say we don't sell the property. Are you okay with that? Can you hold on to this property for some amount of time? She's like, well, yeah, I'm like that's your worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So we, we look at things in that way to alleviate some of the anxiety, right? Um, because it's again, the fear of not knowing that too. So it's just kind of talking about what's the worst that can happen. Yeah. I, that question in itself, when you ask yourself that, one, it's like, what's the worst that can happen? And one, to make you go forward is you ask yourself, why not me? Do you ever ask yourself like, okay, I want to do this project. I want to start this business. And you think I cannot make it. You ask yourself, why not me? Why not? Why, why, why not? Like, why can I not do this? And when you ask yourself that, you actually realize you have self-imposed beliefs, limiting beliefs that are holding you back. Um, the next question is like, okay, what happens if, what's the worst case scenario? I want to, I want to go talk to that girl or guy I find, uh, attractive. They're pretty, they're handsome. What's the worst that could happen? They'll say no, at least right then and there, I know what they said. And I can actually live in peace knowing that I gave it my, my best shot. So that whole idea, like when you ask yourself, I'm going to lose this deal, I'm going to lose this opportunity. I'm going to lose this prospect. There's so many things out there that exist. And there's so many different paths to getting to where you want to be that it's just not that one path that is you're relying on. So for your, for your tenants, yeah, like it might not sell today, but eventually it will sell. But in that period, it's like, okay, what's the worst going to happen? It's still your house. Yeah. You still own it. Yeah. It's not going away. Yeah. So why stress? Right. You know what I'm saying? It'll happen, right? It's just a matter of like, well, we also need to, there's obviously real estate's different because you have to make sure everything is done right. So this is one of those scenarios like, you know, like I keep saying it's about the price. It's the last piece, which she wants to have a certain price point. I'm like, okay, well, it's not going to sell. So we literally had a conversation five minutes ago. So mm-hmm. we are changing the price. We're doing my strategy and see what happens, Yeah. Uh, which it'll 
I'm hoping it sells, but I sometimes you have to go through like the other process and say like, okay, this is the scenario. This is not working. Let's do it a different mm-hmm. way. And it just, you have to give, not you have to. So what helps with that is kind of situations, giving plan A's, plan B's. If we do this, this happens too. Like I try to do that all the time. When I do a listing presentation, we walk in, we give, you know, we're one of the few people that give them three pricing options. Mm-hmm. You know, but here's what you could, here's your, you know, here's a high price. Don't really do this. Don't list it over market because it's going to sit longer. But maybe somebody will come in and pay for it. But just, it's kind of thorn a hill, Mary. It's not really a great opportunity. Then there's this thing at ad market value just a little bit below. You get a lot more traction. You probably can blow it out of the water if you do that way. But then there's the really like the harder one is listing it low and then holding offers. Mm-hmm. If you don't get any offers, then we can list it back in price. But sometimes the, the holding offers doesn't always work. We don't get the traction. But at least we get some feedback, more people coming in to see yeah. that, and we can adjust what we think it's going to be worth because mm-hmm. the market's constantly changing. Which one do you feel comfortable doing? Mm-hmm. And if they want to do the high, high price, you know, it's like, why? You know, I may not work with you if you do that just because it's going to sell in the market for two, three months. And then you're, by the time you sell, it's going to get less than if you went to schedule, if you went with option two or three, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but again, we, because we kind of tell them the situation and here's what happens. So when it plays out, you don't want to be like, I told you so, mm-hmm. but you want to be more of the sense that like we have a plan set in place mm-hmm. and here is the situation. And if this doesn't happen, then we'll do this and this. It's very contingency plans, yeah. Always, always contingency plans. As we're towards wrapping up, BC. Um, last question of the day, right? Uh, would you ever want to live a life without going through any hardships? Fuck no. No. Makes us human. Mm. Makes us alive. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I wish I didn't lose my dad, but that also taught me something. Mm-hmm. Teaches me to love my kids every single moment, every day. Mm-hmm. Make sure I don't take them for granted. Make sure I don't take people for granted. Those people that matter, I make sure I tell the people. I tell you guys who would I leave you guys. I love you guys. I tell Julia too, like, love you. I do love you. And I think that helped me teach me a lot. That's the biggest hardship I've had in my life. And if you're not learning from something like that too, like, I don't know, I don't really, you're doing something wrong. But to live a life without hardships, it's it's one of those things that's, it scares a lot of people. Like people know it's coming. But you get to know joy by knowing the, the hardships. Hard it's without having that hardship, you don't really get to feel the highs of this life. Mm-hmm. Right? If you never saw darkness, you would have no idea what the how bright the day is. Yeah. Right? So it's selfish to people want to go through no hardship. Like, listen, I don't want my kids to have any hardships. Sometimes I do. I want them like to lose a little bit here. I want them to feel a little bit of pain. Get last place so you know. Yeah, I think those are awesome. Like I think those are great hardships. Yeah. You don't like this whole thing? Everyone gets a ribbon. Everyone gets a medal. I'm a hockey player. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> we never all got. We remember those days. And then yeah. I remember going into tournaments where people got a ribbon. They were like, they just toss it out. Like yeah. we, we were not part of that generation I where everybody that. got a participation. Yeah. I, I want to take the L. I want to. We all do. I, I want to be coached hard. You know, you don't like, yeah. because you want to be able to get better. You want like someone to be like tough on you. Well, oh, and imagine you got first place. You're running against a hundred other people and you get the same ribbon as somebody who got a hundred spot. Your water's are, you gonna, are you even going to try as hard next time? No, because I know I'm going to get rewarded. And it sounds like, that, like that's it. And I, the people that have made these stupid rules mm-hmm. are all the people that were getting hundredth place all the time because like, I didn't feel good about myself. Well, you have to do a lot about yourself. You have to put the work in. 
instead of not everybody just automatically getting everything like all these gifts bestowed upon them yeah we're living in a soft uh society eh? yeah <laughs> scary stuff out here man um any parting words for your fans dc yeah like always when something happens step back from yourself and in the negative sense mm -hmm. and what can you learn from it mm -hmm. what can you do to change what can you do next time for it not to happen mm -hmm. what is the path that i'm on like ask these questions what path does god have for me to do you know like why is why is this happening is it a good thing that it happened even though it might be negative instead of just wallowing in the negativity mm -hmm. That's the worst thing you could do. Dwelling in the negative. Oh my God. It's the worst. Yeah. Some people just never get out of that. Mm -hmm. And they just like, and they feed off the negativity. Don't be one of those people that feeds off negativity. They're, they're a victim. Oh, constant I'm a victim. Constant victim. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, everybody, that was episode 35 of the DC Talks podcast. Hope you have a great week ahead. And we'll see you next week for the next one. Peace out. Ciao.